Hello F1 fans, and welcome to Neon Bandits, the F1 podcast, episode one. The podcast where we talk about everything F1, from race news to race results, from what the drivers are going through in their off-season to how they're prepping for their next race, and everything in between. I'm Mike, your host, the son of two former F1 photographers, and I'm super excited to bring this great experience to you. Now let's get going. Now, we've just finished winter testing where we saw a lot of interesting things. We saw Haas pretty much not do a whole lot. We saw Mercedes come with a very different looking car from what they've had the last couple of years. And then we saw Red Bull come with a car that looked a lot like a Mercedes car, or at least took a lot of elements from from the Mercedes car. So it was a really interesting uh, preseason testing this year. It's hard to take a lot out of it. Again, we are talking about simply just, you know, three days of testing where the drivers split the time on one track under, I guess you could say there's some different conditions from running, um, you know, during the day to during the night. And of course, you know, as more rubber goes down onto the track, things kind of ramp up a little bit, but it doesn't really um, you know, signify how things are going to go for the whole season. Um, one thing to keep in mind as well is the um, Bahrain International Circuit does not have a whole lot of fast corners, high-speed corners. Um, you know, that, that was something noted uh, with the Aston Martin team where they had some pretty good results but struggled last year in high-speed corners, and that wasn't really tested uh, at Bahrain. So to be honest, what I would love to see is um, an expanded um, preseason testing um, similar to you know training camps in almost every other sport in the world, right? Um, you think of football, you think of uh, hockey, basketball. I mean, the more ridiculous one is Major League Baseball where you know the season's 162 games. They have six or eight weeks of spring training um, and their playoffs are actually really, really short. So it's it's really interesting that, you know, a sport like F1, which is so technical, um, doesn't have more of a preseason um, or training camp type um, testing. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure if you ask the drivers, I'm curious if they would actually want that or if they actually want to just, you know, get on with it, um, as sometimes they, uh, they say. But um, overall, it was a really interesting... Um, um, some really interesting sessions. Uh, we're going to be breaking down some of that um, in, in a future episode. But uh, for now, what we really wanted to focus on, what the drivers have been doing in the last couple of months. Um, you know, one thing people either don't realize or sometimes we honestly just forget is the fact that um, there's not much of an offseason um, in F1. Uh, we're talking about two months uh, from when we, we finish in Abu Dhabi to when we start winter testing in uh, in Bahrain. So, um, not a whole lot of time for drivers to recoup, um, to get their their bodies back to, to where they need to be or, um, you know, fix some of the injuries they had. I and mean, we saw Lance Stroll start the season with a pretty significant injury after undergoing hand surgery and, um, you know, did incredible in that first um, that first race in Bahrain last year. And uh, But probably wasn't 100% the whole year. And then we look at Danny Rick coming back. I mean, really, what a... What a way to come back, right? And, and and look at the fact that 
he wanted to get back in an F1 car. He was feeling really good. He had probably been mentally um, drained from the last few years. Um, and then to have it all end super, super quick like that. Um, and he came back and I think did, did amazing to come back. So for him to recoup and rehab and, and come back this season, hopefully at 100%, uh, physically um, is going to be great for him. But uh, what we really wanted to do was look at how they approach this um, in the offseason, really looking at, you know, how are they training? What can they possibly do? Um, what do they focus on? And and really just look at um, how the drivers can make themselves better. All right, let's get right into it now. Let's talk about how the drivers train in the offseason. A, a stark contrast to their lives during a season where um, they're not in the car. Um, you know, they're, a lot of them live in Monaco, which is pretty fantastic, let's be honest. Um, but there's a lot of training that they, that they have to do in the off season. There's probably a lot of rest that they have to do as well. Um, so let's really focus for the first part on, on their physical training. What are they working on, um, during, during the off season? And, and a lot of it is cardio. Um, so for example, Fernando, uh, Fernando Alonso is known for, grueling two-hour cycling sessions really embraces the endurance challenge. I mean, you think of an F1 race where they're in the car for a couple hours, um, sometimes in, in crazy, crazy heat. Those cars heat up um, so fast, um, and they lose up to you know 10 pounds during, during a race. So really having this endurance training is super important for them to, um, to, to get things going for the, for the season. Um, so making sure that you are doing um, as much cardio as you possibly can do, but really it's not about HIIT training, right? It's not about high-intensity training. It's really about endurance um, because, yes, you have that quality laps that you want to go out and you know set the best lap that you can, and that's all fine and, and great um, and, and obviously super important. Uh, but when it comes to the race, if you're not physically fit to be able to do it for two hours, you're not going to be able to succeed. Um, so physically fit um, will lead to you being mentally fit as well. Um, so, so Fernando, he really does these super, super long um, races in terms of, I mean, I guess they're not races, but um, cycling adventures that he does. Sometimes he's going through uh, Spain, um, you know, really through the hills of Spain to really push that elevation up um, and making sure that he's improving his cardiovascular health, even at his age, right? Like he's been doing this for 20 years and in F1 and, and, and the fact that he's still pushing himself in the offseason really is a testament to what he does. Um, so super, super cool to see him doing that. Um, now, strength training. Now, a little bit different to obviously what a hockey player would be doing or a football player. Um, but imagine lifting a weight with your head. Um, that's what it feels like driving an F1 car with the G-forces. Um, drivers like Lewis focus super, super heavily on the, the um, weighted helmets. Um, so spending up to 30 minutes a day to ensure just they can withstand the forces lap after lap. Um, you know, one thing that you will always hear F1 drivers talk about is if any one of us gets into an F1 car, 
you know, one of the first things that you notice is you can't keep your head up. Um, your head will go forwards, it'll go sideways. It is incredibly hard on, on the G-forces and something that we really don't experience in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, reflexes and coordination, another super important aspect of the training app um, that they do. Um, Danny Rick, um, you know, and probably does this with a massive smile on his face, um, is really looking at the Batic board, um, a light system designed to improve hand-eye coordination. So picture him tapping lights as they flash, mimicking the rapid decisions that you're going to have to be making at up to 200 miles an hour. Um, so it's not just about um, the strength in terms of like neck muscles or the cardio. Um, it's also just about those reflexes because you have to make, when we talk about making decisions, a split second decision, they really are making split second decisions over and over and over and over again. Um, and we talk about, you know, what they have to do in the car. I mean, uh, Logan Sargent was on with Sky Sports F1 during preseason testing was actually talking about how many times he actually has to adjust his brakes on the steering wheel in a lap. And he was talking five, six times. He's adjusting the brake differential on his car. We will get into what that actually means because holy shit, I think there's a lot of people that probably don't know uh, what that means. I mean, F1 cars are basically rocket ships now. So um, to be able to make those split second decisions and then remember to change it back to where it was before is pretty incredible. And that's what Danny Rick focuses a lot on uh, with his um, training around the reflexes and coordination. All right, now let's talk a little bit about mental preparation. Now, we were previously just talking about reflexes, um, and there's definitely a lot of mental preparation that goes into that. Uh, but visualization and psychological training is something that a lot of drivers do. Some drivers do it more than ever, um, or more than others, I should say. But Lewis, for example, um, he will sit in a dark room, in a quiet room, eyes closed, picturing every turn of Monaco, for example, feeling every break point, um, every acceleration point, really essentially driving the track um, outside of the car with his eyes closed. Um, I, I don't know if he could actually drive the car with his eyes closed. If there's anybody that could, it's probably Lewis. Um, but this mental visualization is crucial um, as, as physical training. Um, a technique um, that even Nico Rosberg, for example, um, said that was a huge, huge aspect of him winning the 2016 World Championship was because he increased a lot of that mental visualization where he knew exactly what was coming. So he is then really going through the motions um, within, the, within the car because he was so mentally prepared for what was coming. Nothing was a surprise. And then when he did have things that were a surprise, he was so focused and being able to make those split-second decisions because he had been mentally prepped for what was actually going to happen. Obviously, simulator work, um, incredibly important. I mean, if we look at a guy like Max, uh, Max does simulator work for fun. Um, you know, he is uh, he's a different animal um he really really is he he enjoys racing so much i mean he's been pretty vocal about the fact that he wants to experience other series of racing as well and he can't get enough of it um lando also loves the simulator um so he loves to be 
um, you know, in the sim racing um, transitions, a lot of this passion into off-season preparation, spending hours in the McLaren simulator. Um, so this blend of virtual and, and reality sharpens his instincts. It prepares him for pretty much every scenario on track. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of similarities between how pilots do simulator work. Um, you know, we think of fighter pilots doing simulator work and, and F1 drivers doing simulator work really to experience everything that you possibly could. So you're ready for what may be thrown at you. Um, and very rarely then are you thrown with something that you've never done before. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect every time, obviously, but at least you've done it. You know, I think in life, anytime we experience something for the first time that we've never done, that might be really hard. It's tough, right? And this way, if you train yourself in anything that you do in life, and we're taking this now into everybody's life, and that's what the Neon Bandits podcast, what we want to do, we want to be able to, I want to be able to bring these things to you and how you can relate them to your own life is go through those simulations um, in your own life. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be you prepping for your own sporting event. It could be you prepping for a big presentation at work. Um, there's a lot of simulators, uh, simulators, see what's happening there? Uh, a lot of similarities between doing simulator work um, from, as an F1 driver into you mentally preparing for what you're going to have to do in your life. Now let's talk a little bit about nutrition and recovery. Now, we're going to talk a little bit differently here. Although we're going to relate this to uh, off-season training, there's a lot of this that's really focused on in-season. Um, I mean, I think it was it was Lando talking about how, you know, in the off-season, sometimes he loves to lie in bed and eat junk food. Um, I think any of us have been through a lot of, um, you know, a grueling time in our life or, or a, you know, a big, um, a big moment... Um, or anything like that, when things kind of calm down, um, that's a pretty normal thing. So I think they're all they're all human as well. Let's let's be honest. Um, they want to enjoy those those fun, delicious things as well. Um, so let's focus a little bit on you know during the season because um, I'm going to think that a lot of this gets taken into um, you know preseason training as well so let's talk about like pre-race diet um a lot of drivers will focus on you know high carb meals to get their energy up like i said they're losing 10 pounds in a race so they don't need to worry too much um this could include pasta rice uh, making sure they're having the lean protein support um, their muscle repair and recovery i mean your body takes a beating in this car um, you know, anybody that's actually just done their own track days or, or even karting for, for that matter. But if you've taken, for example, your, your Porsche 911 out to um, your local racetrack when they offer track days and, you know, you're out there for a 30 minute stint and you do a few of them, you're going to feel it. You're going to sweat. You are going to be physically tired. Um, so it's important to make sure that you're pre race diet is there um even at an amateur level and and of course in this podcast we're going to get into some of those things um at later episodes and really talk to how you can get involved in um in in motorsports um hydration is obviously crucial um 
with you know drivers consuming a lot of electrolyte drinks to maintain hydration levels um, but you have to hydrate before as well because of how much you're sweating yes there's water in the car uh, but it's not refreshing um, normally these water tanks are actually located uh, behind the driver's seat which is closer to the engine and anyways anything in that car is getting hot 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 so they're essentially drinking tea um, tea water very warm water um, pretty close um, it starts off sometimes as ice um, and you know 10 minutes into a race it's already uh, it's already hot so um, really important for the drivers to stay um, stay hydrated before the race um, as I mentioned you know during the race yes there's things they can drink but um, it, it's pretty warm not refreshing uh, post-race is where there's a lot of recovery that has to happen and this is super important especially when we're talking about you know going from race to race um, sometimes three races in a row with travel in the middle of it and I know they're all in their PJs and I know it's very comfortable travel they're not sitting in a middle seat but um, it's still a lot on the body um, so really post-race recovery diet shifts a lot towards protein heavy meals to really help with the recovery um, alongside antioxidants from fruits and veggies um, um, to make sure that you're not getting your body's not becoming stressed either um, so recovery meals really include fish chicken quinoa sweet potatoes you know your green leafy vegetables um, and I'm assuming probably a couple of beers especially in Danny Rick's case um, so yeah, there's a lot of interesting elements to post-race recovery that's probably very similar to um, how a lot of athletes recover after a race or after any sporting event they might be in, whether a football player, baseball player, basketball player, hockey player, any, any of these sports. All right, let's talk a little bit about the physical recovery that these drivers have to go through. So cooling down is number one, obviously. Um, I've mentioned throughout this episode how much these drivers sweat, how hot their bodies get. So making sure that they are engaging in some kind of cool down routine could be light cardio exercises um, to help the body transition into a state of recovery. So it's not just about, you know, chugging some water and lying down on a couch. Um, you got to keep the, the body moving, get that lactic acid out of your body um to really make sure that you're going to recover properly um you know we hear a lot about the driver's physios and they have full-time physios that travel with them um that are with them at all times i mean everyone can remember angela collins who was basically next to lewis at all times i don't think you ever saw a shot of lewis at a race weekend without angela next to her um so regular sessions of physio are essential um, really focus on muscle recovery flexibility injury prevention as well um, you know a lot of the techniques are what you'd expect massage cryotherapy hydrotherapy um, you know we've seen drivers use things like a game ready machine which is essentially a wrap um, that can go on different parts of your body and um, it is essentially cryotherapy wraps um, so this machine pumps ice water through and compresses in different areas and really helps the drivers recover um, a lot faster without the need to be in a cryo tank or anything like that um, rest <laughs> um, again 
pretty self-explanatory here. Drivers need to sleep. Um, your, your body recovers while you're sleeping, and sleep is crucial to any driver's recovery. With an emphasis on really 8 to 10 hours of uninterrupted sleep um, to aid in that um, mental recovery. Let's talk a little bit about mental recovery then. Uh, we're not going to go too much into it. We talked a little bit about mental prep, but let's talk a little bit mental recovery. Um, so meditation and mindfulness, um, we think of how intense these races get, the adrenaline that's pumping, the highs and lows, right? I mean, you can start a race in pole and finish in 10th. Um, you know, you could be involved in a big crash and, and that's going to shock your body as well. And you really have to come down from these races. Um, so drivers will often practice meditation, mindfulness to really just clear their minds, reduce stress, improve concentration. Um, we can think of guys like Sebastian Vettel, um, who was heavily involved in, in this um, and really focused a lot on doing that immediately after um, races. Um, we've already talked about um, visualization techniques, um, but this is used for post-race recovery as well. Um, so help drivers um, recover from the race's mental demands. Visualization does help with that as well. Um, so it's really, really interesting to see how drivers use some of these elements both for preparation as well as recovery. All right, so I hope you enjoyed a little bit of a look into how drivers prepare for a season. We're going to expand on how drivers go through a season throughout this podcast and throughout the F1 season. Um, so really check back for more. We're going to speak to some experts, um, people that actually work uh, in F1 on this as well, um, and talk a little bit about how you can bring that into your own lives in further episodes. Um, but for now, um, you know, from those high-intensity workouts to the quiet moments of mental prep, um, the off-season for an F1 driver is clearly anything but off, right? Um, it's a period of transformation. They're building the foundation for next year's challenges. Um, and they could have come off a year like Max where you question, what in hell is he going to improve on? And it's scary to think if he will. And, um, you know, he's still good. He, he could win every single race. Um, you know, that is a possibility. But um, it's great to see how the drivers kind of prep and focus for, for a new season. Um, so as we gear up for the next season, um, let's watch closely how, how these drivers prep. Um, we're going to come back to you with some more uh, some more details, but for now, um, stay tuned. We're going to have our preseason uh, rankings coming out. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth, as I mentioned, on the preseason testing and some of the results there and some of the key takeaways. Um, and then we're going to go through team by team. Um, what are the expectations? Um, what are some of the disappointments from last year that people are going to try and improve on? And then give a little bit of preview of Bahrain. Um, pretty exciting. It's coming up in just a few days now. Um, reminder, it is a Friday quality and Saturday race. We will see you there. So thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time on Neon Bandits. Yeah.